part of the New Year's things that we always kind of get into and wrestle with is, is rhythm. And, and to me, I think that's a big deal for our lives and how to move forward. So honestly, so if I am in a good rhythm in life and in, in in personal spiritual life, I feel I can work better. I have more productivity. I feel that my, my marriage is better. Uh, I also feel that like my friendships are stronger but what happens so many times is it doesn't take much to knock us off our rhythm. Uh, and so we're going to kind of wrestle with what that means for us today. And to me, it's like, you know, this time of year, if you go anywhere online or, or on the news, you're, you're always seeing things like, hey, use this to help you get back into a rhythm this year, or use this application, or, or you know, go online and, and go on YouTube. There's all kinds of videos on, on how to start the New Year's right, right. And so what I have just learned in my personal life is that rhythm really starts and ends with you. Uh, your rhythm, your life, if, if you're not in rhythm with God, if you're not in rhythm, you're going to struggle in your relationships, you're going to struggle at work, and, and so on. So you know, we're going to look at what that means for us today. So one of the things that I always look at when it comes to you know, rhythm is one of those things where my walk with God needs to be very specific. Like I wake up in the morning, and this is kind of where, you know, there's a little insight of my life. Um, I get up, get my son ready for school, and I spend some time with God. Um, and then I go to the gym and I, I work out and I, my, my favorite place to pray is the treadmill. And let me explain. I, I pray on the treadmill because I want it to end. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, all jokes aside, I, 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 towards the end of my run, my last like 15 minutes is like all worship music because I'm like, I got to get through this. God, help me, please. Uh, but when my rhythm gets on track, I lose weight, I feel good, I'm great. But then there's those mornings I wake up and my son procrastinates because it's Liam procrastination ivy. Uh, and I, I feel like I'm off there or I don't get to the gym when I want to get to the gym or, or when I get to the gym, that one guy that sits on the one machine and doesn't get off, like, come on, man, gotta go. And then like this next couple weeks at, at at least Medina Rec Center, it's going to be a lot of people who are there for two or three weeks, and it's going to be packed, and it's going to drive me nuts. But maybe for you, it's, it's, maybe it's, you know, your spouse comes home and says, hey, I got, you know, I, I volunteered you for something. Great, thanks. I, I can't wait to help that person move. Or, or maybe for you, it's something else. But regardless where you're at, we, our goal is to have a rhythm of God in ourselves. And we're going to look at this story today that I feel is one of the greatest encounters in Jesus' ministry. Uh, and, it, it, and to me, I, I love what happens. I love the, the interaction between Jesus and this woman because I think it really sets the tone for us and figure out how we can have rhythm in our personal lives, in our spiritual lives, in our relationships. And so before we get to Scripture, it's in John chapter 4. If you happen to have a Bible app you want to open up, you're welcome to. Um, kind of give you some background. In Jesus' time, there was this group called the Samaritans. Now, the Samaritans and the Jews were very much 
oil and water. They did not mix. It's like living with a Michigan fan and you're Ohio State. It's that bad. The marriage is constantly struggling. Uh, but th- the thing when it comes to this relationship with Samaria and uh, the Jews is just they did not like each other. Uh, the, the Jews felt the Samaritans were pretty much pagans and did not like the way they worshipped or how the, what they stood for and treated them horribly. And the Samaritans did not like being treated horribly by the religious elite, did not care for the Jews. And so there's this huge like, interaction and like friction between these two pe- groups of people. And this is where we find our story and where Jesus has this amazing interaction. So John chapter 4, verse 3. So Jesus left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. Verse 6. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon, and when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town for, for, to buy some food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews were not, did not associate with the Samaritans. Kind of give you a little more background here. In Jesus' time, the women would go to the well in the mornings. And the reason why they would is because they got to carry these big, heavy you know, clay pots to the well, and, the, and it, it gets hot, so they want to walk when it's cool, and then the water was cooler in the morning. And so that was the tradition of the time. On top of that, it wasn't necessarily the safest place in the region. So you always went with a group of people. And so these women would get together. They would, in the morning, go to the well, draw their water, and go back home together. Here's this woman by herself at noon. So she did not want to be seen. She didn't want to be interacted with. She wanted to be by herself in the heat of the day. So it tells us a lot about where this woman's at and what she is going through as Jesus has this interaction with her. We continue on. Verse 10. Jesus answers her, If you knew the gift of God... And who that is asking you for a drink? You would have asked him, and he would give you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can I get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? So I want to stop right here for a second. I want you to put yourself in the shoes of this woman. Already late in the day, okay? It's noon. Her day has started off later than everyone else's. She's busy. She has things she wants to accomplish. And she's at this well, and this stranger, who shouldn't even be talking to her, is now speaking in rhythms and rhymes. Frustrating, right? If you were her, you'd be like... Come on, let's, I gotta go. Let's, I got things to do. And like I said, it's kind of like us today. You know, when your spouse, like I said, give, you know, Valen tells you to do something on a Saturday you don't want to do, or you get that call from that friend, 
And you know exactly that friend who they call, it's going to be a 30-minute conversation, and it's going to be about what they're going through, and it's going to be very frustrating to talk to them, and you don't have time to spend that 30 minutes with that friend. Or maybe you're just driving through the neighborhood and you see someone with one of those signs saying, hey, I, I need food, I need money. And you're like, I'm strapped for cash as well. And so all these opportunities kind of come this way and they're never at the most convenient times. And yet God still puts them in front of us. So often, when these opportunities come, we have to be very mindful of them because we know they're going to pass us by. Yes, we'd much rather do that thing on a Saturday than move somebody. And I'm sure you have to get out the door to make sure your, your, your son or daughter or, or you get to work on time. But God's put that opportunity there for you for a reason. I mean, imagine if this story ended here. Imagine if, you know, the Samaritan woman's like, hey, I'm busy, I gotta go. She'd miss out on a life-changing moment. Now, is that conversation with that friend gonna be life-changing? It could it can definitely help her out. But I tell, guarantee you one thing, that God will always put these opportunities in front of you. We have to take the advantage of them. We have to make the most of these opportunities because they're there for a reason. God wants us to interact and do great things with, to, with people and the people he puts in our lives. And what greater way to do than take these opportunities and run with them. Continue the, in verse 13. Jesus answers, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And there it is. There's the, the special moment. Jesus is offering this woman a gift that will always be with her. Offering her an opportunity to, that she had never even considered or seen coming. But yet, this woman was wearing a mask. This woman was pretending to be something that she wasn't. And what Jesus does next, which is always what I love about him, is he kind of calls her out on this. In verse 15, the woman says to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus tells her, go call your husband to come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just told me is quite true. Now, I believe that Jesus has a very funny sense of humor. I think he knows exactly what's going on, and he, the way he even says it, I can almost kind of sense the little sarcasm maybe in his, in his voice when he was talking to her. But if you're this woman, you feel like you've just been kind of tossed under the bus. Now, who here has siblings? Okay. Siblings. How often do you toss your other sibling under the proverbial bus. A lot, Jack, all the time. <laughs> all jokes aside, I have, I have four sisters. I'm the oldest of those four. Uh, uh, and I was thrown constantly under all 18 wheels. 
It was wonderful. And now that I have a, a son, and my son doesn't have any siblings, I am the one that he decides to throw under the bus. So, so yesterday, we were trying to watch football because it's New Year's Day, and we watch a lot of football at their house. My son, complete first world problem, loses the remote to my television. And every passing minute, I get a little angrier. And I'm like, and I keep on telling myself, this is not a big deal. It's not a big deal. But it's not like, I'm missing football. And that was a big deal for me. And so I said, Liam, where is this remote? I don't know, maybe you lost it. I said, I'm going to go downstairs. Because I need to go downstairs right now. (laughs) And luckily, my beautiful, wonderful wife finds it underneath his bed, of all places. Which, thank you. That's exactly what we said. All jokes aside, you know, we have these moments in life where we just feel like our stuff, our bad choices, our, our you know, our sin, it can be come out to light. And it's, it, we just don't feel like we ever measure up. Our, our self-worth at so, much, so often, it, it doesn't take much to break that, right? And when we go through things, we make bad choices, and th- those things come to light, it is so tough for us to find any kind of rhythm in life and with God. And so it's the same thing with this woman at the well. You've got to understand, in Jesus' time, you know, not just her, but anyone in the region, I mean, if you make any mistake, you hit it. You lied about it. You, you, you put that under the deepest rug. Because you knew if your you know, sin or your bad choice came to light, you were done. And if you were this woman, you could have been killed for that kind of life. All right? And so you have a situation where she was hiding. Now, granted, Jesus is Jesus, and Jesus knows every bit of it. And Jesus knows every bit about the things that goes on in your life as well. The thing that you would be mortified if anyone knew about, he knows. The thing that keeps you up at night, that, that, that you lose sleep over, he knows. And yet, in the midst of all those moments and all those things... He still wants to interact with you. He still wants to be present in your life. And I think that's amazing. And I think that's what's so amazing about this story, especially as we wrap it up. So Jesus, in in John chapter 4, verse 25, says this to the woman. He says, woman, you know the Messiah. The woman said to Jesus, "I I know that the Messiah, called the Christ, is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one you are speaking to, I am he. And then leaving her jar of water, the woman went back to town and said to people, come see the man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah, the one who came to town and everyone came to where he was at and towards him to see him? I love this story. See, Jesus didn't really reveal himself too much at the time, and he chooses this woman in this situation to reveal that he was the Messiah. I think that is awesome. I think if you look at your life and the things that you struggle with, the things you fall to, the bad choices you've made, if God can use this woman in this scenario to speak truth to and give her this amazing gift and say, hey, I'm going to tell you that I am the Messiah, man, he can do that for you. 
He wants you to be a part of this, this journey with him. He doesn't want you to be alone and, and to be isolated. You know, one, you want rhythm in life this year? You want to try to find a, a life rhythm? It starts and ends with you and that relationship you have with him. And you know, to me, that's what this journey of Christianity is about about you getting closer to him and him putting you into a life rhythm. I have learned in my life that in time that if, if I have my stuff set with God, everything kind of falls into place. Now, I'm not saying it's perfect by any means. I, there are definitely ups and downs and valleys. Um, but when I go through those valleys, he's with me. I feel his presence. When, I, when I'm going through the, a, a victory, he's celebrating beside me. And to me, this year, as we try to figure out how to get back into a rhythm of life, I encourage you, let it start with you. So what does that mean for you? How do you put this in action? How do you, you know, start this up? Uh, for some of us, it's just kind of starting at the beginning. You know, accepting that he is truly for you, uh, that he wants the best for you, and, and allowing him to, you know, give you those opportunities to grow. Uh, for some of us, it starts with surrender. Now, for, for this generation, this, this world right now, the idea of surrender is connected to weakness. But the more I grow, the more I get closer to Jesus, the more I realize that surrender is connected to strength. The more I surrender to him, the stronger my marriage is. The more I surrender to God, the stronger my, my relationships are. The more I surrender to him, the less I care about what's on social media or what people are saying. The, the more I surrender to God, man, the stronger I am. So maybe for us, for you, it starts with surrender. For others, it, it, it's, it's about service. Like, to me, if you want to connect to, a, to anything when it comes to church or grow your faith, Service has to be a part of what you do. If you are not serving in some way, you are selling yourself short when it comes to what you believe in, in, in your, this whole faith journey thing. And so I encourage you, find a place to serve. Um, maybe for you, it's, it's right here at Polaris Christian Church. We, I guarantee you, Jenny King could use your help back there with kids. Uh, and it's an amazing opportunity. If you've served in children's before, you know exactly the, the, how rewarding that is. For my ministry, when it comes to the youth ministry, we could use you. I'm looking at my high school and middle school kids kind of sitting right here before me. They need you. They need your voice. They need people and adults in their life to listen to their stories, to have sympathy when they have issues. And yes, they make mistakes, well, so do I, and so do we all. And we need people in our life to listen when we make those mistakes and help us through them. To me, one of the most rewarding things about my ministry is spending time with them. I get to sit with them and, he, and watch them grow. I always like, you know, I'm going to call you out, Simonitis, because it's easy. Uh, David Simonitis, I have watched him grow from a little, little boy who was like really into pro wrestling, which is awesome. Um, I remember you showed me off. You're like, you're, you opened this door to like these action figure room. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. This young man is, is not even 21. And he's got his own house. And he's growing his faith. And he is a great young man. And I have had the honor of watching Dave grow into that young man. That's such a reward. Okay? 
I've seen every one of these young men and women in front of me who are here today, I've seen you grow from where you are to who you are today. And it is a blessing. Invest in kids. Invest in teenagers. If you aren't serving, pull me aside. We'll, we, we have, there are plenty of middle school and high school boys and girls that could use your words of wisdom. And it, it's not as scary as you think. Right, Renee? It's not as scary as you think. It, it's, it's so, I think one of the, the first things I get, when I, every time I ask anyone to serve in SMT, it's like, teenagers. I'm like, yeah, they're not scared of you, and you shouldn't be scared of them. They're actually they're excited for, that you can be a part of their lives. So I encourage you to serve. If, it may maybe children's ministry and teens aren't your thing. Find that thing. Uh, if you are, especially if you are, you know, young adult, I mean, you're not going to connect with the church unless you serve. And you've got to find that spot. For others, if we want to get back on rhythm and, and with ourselves and God, it starts to, to, to actually start having a daily routine. Uh, I encourage you, a lot of us have these smartphones. They have these amazing calendars that you can put every little thing in that calendar and it gives you reminders. It will go off. It will tweet. It will, it will do all kinds of stuff for you. Start your weekly daily routine. Make God a part of that. You know, get a devotional book. You go, they're, they're not too expensive. Go on Amazon.com. Make it a part of your daily life. And, and I guarantee you this. If you start pursuing God in these ways, if you start pursuing him in, in all those areas of life, that you will get close to him and you are going to find that rhythm with him. Like I said, rhythm starts with you. It, it really does. Um, and when you start to get in rhythm with yourself and with God, man, you're going to start seeing things move and go the direction you want this year. The band's going to come back up. We're going to play one last song this morning. And I'm going to tell you this. This song we're going to sing is called Be, uh, Be the Center. And I really think this is really about what this message is for, about God being the center of your life where you are today so that when you go forward, you leave here, and tomorrow, school, guys, sorry, school starts tomorrow, um, when you go back to school and back to work, that God is the center, and that rhythm starts. And it doesn't start, you know, many years from now or, or after you get your stuff right. It starts right now where you are today. We stand with me as we pray. Father God, we thank you for your son and your message and the message of the well. And, and thank you that Jesus chose that opportunity. You didn't have to. He didn't have to choose to, to, to meet this woman and where she's at and her brokenness and where she, and, and her heartache. And yet Jesus chose her of all the people he could have chose to reveal himself and give her that, that, that wonderful gift of, of healing and forgiveness. God, help us find that in our lives. Help us put you at the center of all that we do. And God, as we put you at the center, let us find rhythm today and all the days of, of this new year. We pray this in your name. Amen.